curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. In many ways, it's the best of times, but in just as many ways when it comes to building a brand, it's the worst of times. While it seemingly has never been more important to build a brand around your sales efforts, it's equally difficult and time-consuming to put in the work toward building your brand. Worse yet, the next generation of employees competing against you for your customers' dollars have been building their brands since they got their first smartphone. In this episode, I welcome in Jay Bissell for a look at his perspective on the ingredients necessary to start this process of brand building, why being in business for a few years without working on your brand isn't necessarily a bad thing, what happens to your brand when you don't put any time or attention into it, and the overall context of branding as a principle. Rumor has it that Jay began his screen printing and graphics career sometime in the early 1980s in Mr. Perry's graphics class in high school. He started printing, quote, unofficial replica t-shirts of his favorite skiing and skateboarding companies, as well as a few bands out there that will remain nameless. It's been almost 30 years and Jay is still hanging out with promo peeps, apparel geeks, and sign freaks on the island of misfit toys. Jay is the marketing director for Equipment Zone, the founder of a weekly Twitter chat called Promo Chat, and is a self-proclaimed chief taco officer. Jay created a style guide and worksheet for small and medium-sized businesses and is a highly rated industry presenter and trainer on topics like branding, marketing, and social media. Dude's full of energy and he cares a ton about uh, helping other people, trying to be the best they could possibly be. I think you're going to enjoy this one a lot. Give it a listen. So what's up, man? Thanks for joining me. Hey, I am fired up. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel like Really? You get to add my name to that list of winners? I've seen oh, all those podcasts. Wow. I've listened to many of them. Not all of them, but many of them. And I'm, I'm just jacked up to be here, man. The last time you and I were physically together, I think, was in at Expo, right? 
Uh, let's see. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. So, because we, prior to that in October, we were speaking at the same event, which was awesome. Sure and then, yes, we connected again at Expo and we had an amazing time at the uh, Promo Kitchen Mixer. Today, we are here to talk about branding. Before we jump into this thing in the deep end of the pool, I think it's important for you and I to take a moment to level set for the audience. When we say branding, there's a, that's like corporate social responsibility. A lot of people will give you a different answer to the yes. definitions of that when yeah. you ask yep. them. So I think before we jump into the, the actual nuts and bolts of branding per this discussion, Mm-hmm. Uh, let's spend a second here kind of level setting. So Jay, from your perspective, when we're talking about branding in Jay's world, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. It, it means a lot. It's a great question. It's really not easy to wrestle that question down. And I think we've had a few prior discussions. So we've had this perspective and, and hopefully I think you'll agree with me, but from, from my side of the street, I, I get stuck in these conversations because if you listen to expert a, who let's, let's say that they are an author and they have tremendous experience and they just wrote an amazing book and it's blowing up. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. You know, they're going to have, they're going to have a certain perspective and what they say is, is, I mean, money and it's great. Okay. But then over here you have expert B who maybe they came out of a different industry. Maybe they are more in the news print news media. And then you have somebody else over here. That's a graphic designer who has tremendous skills, tremendous experience and understands branding. And then over here, you have somebody that's a little bit more into, let's say promotional product advertising and sales. And so everyone's going to have a little bit of a different view on those, on those uh, uh, definitions of what is branding. And so here I come along and say, well, I think your branding is (laughs) this other thing. And, and well, really what I think is that they're all right. And it's this killer buffet table of, of definitions and it's our job. And maybe Roger, you and I, as the, as the most highly unpaid consultants in all of podcasting, we, (laughs) we, it's our job to help people find the lane and then say, how does this apply to you at this point? And Oh, by the way, it's going to evolve. It's going to change. So I started digging in on this and I started thinking, okay, well, smart marketers have lots of great opinions and lots of sweet thoughts in defining brands. So what do I think? What does Jay Bussell think? What are my thoughts? Genuinely, my thoughts, 20 plus years, 25 years, you know, screen printer kid, own my own promotional product business with my family, worked as a GM for a software company. You know, you don't need to hear all that. But what, what is my take? And I started coming to the conclusion based on both the mistakes of what other people were doing, in my opinion, as well as um, the great things that I was seeing uh, all around me at trade shows, online, retail. So I started coming to this conclusion. I realized that for me, number one, a brand is not your logo. So I was, I was going to take that right off the table. It, has, it plays a role. It's important. But your brand is not your logo. Your brand is not what you do. So if you're in marketing, you're in sales, or you're the business owner, that's not your brand. Your brand is not what you do. And surprisingly, your brand is not a product. It's not the thing you sell or the service you sell. So if that's what it's not, what is it? And I started to come up with this concept of, to me, again, where I, where I am at, at this point in my life, with, with everything that I've hopefully brought together in terms of purpose, in terms of helping others grow, was number one, your brand is your style. Number two, your brand is the promise that Roger is somehow going to make to me. 
And number three, or, you know, I say, Roger, I mean, the, the, the promise, the, 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 what's your claim? You know, you say you're the best at, you know, fill in the blank. What, what are you promising me? And then ultimately, ultimately at the bottom line, the end of the day, your brand is how you make me feel. It's yeah. all of the things that you've done, all of the touch points, all of the visuals, all of the graphics, all of the online, offline, it's everything brought together. How do I feel when I think of you? And when I think of your logo and when I think of all of those things that come together. And so that was it. And I know that's a really long answer, but I, I was like, that's it. That's it's, it's how you make me feel. Well, and branding really is a stew. And, you know, to, to your point, every chef has his or her own idea about what stew should taste like. Yeah. And by spending time considering the opinions of others, it does give you the chance to decide almost to your point back to that buffet analogy is I can take ingredients from the places that have already shown me that there's opportunity for me to learn and add those things that I'm learning into what it is that I want that emotion to be for customers right. who are spending time with me and nailed it. And, yep. and, and, you know, um, I, why, why this is a, a really interesting time in my career for this discussion is, you know, I, I'm father to a five month old business. And so in a lot of ways, to your point, when, when I'm spending time building this brand new business, I'm spending a fair amount of time trying to think about the decisions I'm making and how the outcome of the choice I'm making from that decision is going to affect the person doing business with me. Yeah. Right. And, and it, it, it will, that, you know, being specific about making that decision from the recipient's perspective gives you a chance to think about what that might sound like, the way you would communicate it, mm -hmm. the, the, the method by which you would want that message to be delivered. Right. So, yes. So it, it extends beyond a lot of that, the, you know, just the functional elements that you're talking about to that emotion piece. But you know, the, the hard part, I think you and I both know is in this industry, there's so many people who are small business people uh, we get right. into this whole concept of working in the business versus working on the business and coming to a moment where you, you say to yourself in your decision-making, is this consistent with what I would want that person to feel when I'm making this decision at that very moment? Because most of the time, the decision-making that's going on is based on getting the damn order out the door, you know, yeah, or, right, right. or getting it where it needs to go on time so that someone's not upset with us and, you know, I see a lot of distributors, especially tell me if nobody's yelling at me, then my brand is nobody yells at me. Right. And <laughs> as yeah. a foundational element and, you know, as a way you want customers to feel, I want you to feel like you're not going to have to yell at me about the decision that you made is probably a good starting point, <laughs> but there's probably some additional elements that need to go into that to, to round it out and make it turn into something tangible. So from your perspective, like, once you've got to that idea of like, okay, it is all of these pieces and parts and I am at mm -hmm. a buffet, but now I have the ingredients in my arms. I've made the right. choices and I'm carrying them back to where I'm going to cook up what it is I'm going to make. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. What do you do now? Well, okay. So what do we, what do we do now? So what we don't do again, I'm going to establish that first is we don't start worrying about the menu and designing the menu because we haven't cooked anything yet. Right. So we don't even know if people are going to like our food. So why would I be freaking out about the menu design or the layout on the sign? You know, we gotta, we gotta kind of hone in on that. So 
I, I realize that's what a lot of small, medium-sized businesses do. A lot of entrepreneurs are so jacked up. They're so fired up about solving this huge problem and eliminating this friction and pain. And they can't wait to put that in front of people. But instead of testing that out, they get distracted with business cards or they get, you know, off on these tangents like their logo. Logos are easy ones because they're cool. Let's admit it. Logos are sexy. It's, it's what you put in your head that, man, people are going to dig this logo. And it's like, well, you know what? Guess what? I hate to burst your bubble, but first of all, your logo isn't for you. (laughs) So you might get jacked up about your logo and absolutely love it. And guess what? The rest of the audience that you're most likely to serve can't, can't get it. They don't get it. They don't identify with it. It doesn't give them the right feels. They're just lost. They're like, what? What's with the triangles? You know, (laughs) (laughs) That's why I always said, we'll get to that. Like if you were, if you were coming to me and said, what should I do first? I would be like, Hey, the first step is most critical. And it's the thing people do not spend enough time on. And I started to see what I began to call a style guide, an actual document, an actual uh, formula, if you will. So the recipe, since we're we're talking about food, we're stuck on food. Let's keep with that. So the recipe, what are the nine steps? What are the nine ingredients? What are the nine points? And I started working this down and it doesn't matter that it's, you know, six or eight or nine steps. It was, this would be the order that I would structure this. This would, these would be the steps and the order in which to take those steps. And so step one for me was the why. And I think a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, they know that intuitively, they know the importance of story, the, the buzz about story, storytelling, you know, all of that is, is still relevant, still really important. And it's interesting to me that it's been so topical for the last five years. It really has. But yeah, it, which is cool. And, and, I don't, and I don't want it to get worn out, you know, and, and it will because people, you know, but the, the reality is it, it falls back to the why. It falls back to my message, my values and my purpose. And everyone that's about to, go off on these, like you, you're, you know, five months into this, you know, you, you know what your story is. It's probably a blend of, of personal. It could be a blend of your, your business experience to this point. It's a little bit about the journey of how you got to this point, you know, and it, and it begins to define why, why am I even doing this? Why did I start this business? And what do I love most about it? And as you start to put that on paper and you can, you can enlighten people about the struggles you've overcome to get to this point, and why you're uniquely qualified, that's your why. That's your story. And, and it will resonate with people. And it, it's not about the widget. It's not about the product. It's not about the, the service yet. It's about, I've got these values. I've got this story. I've got this why. And people are going to be interested in that. And I think then we can say, okay, if I'm a marketing professional, I can put that into a two or three paragraph form. And if I'm really graphical with my outlook on life, it's probably going to manifest itself. Funny how you used the word manifest yeah. as a brand, as a brand manifesto. And that brand manifesto is kind of more inward facing for, for yourself, for your staff, if you have any. Um, it's kind of the culture side. It's the inside. It's pointing in. That's the manifesto. But to me, and, and I think most marketing professionals would agree currently that that story piece is the outward facing. It's what those prospects are going to see first. Now, 
whether we blend those two together, the manifest and the, the manifesto and the story, whether that's inward facing or outward facing, we need to spend time on that. Using using that time to to construct that story is going to ultimately create less friction down the road. It's going to help set up all of the other collateral, all of the other steps, all of the other emotions that we're trying to pull in so that we can be successful marketers, successful salespeople, and ultimately have a successful you know, company. So to me, step one, your why, your story, your value. Your, your why. Here's what you and I both know, and, I, and I'm hoping there's going to be some people nodding when they hear me say this. Most of the time, promotional products professionals get into the business and have sold their way through a certain amount of money before they even really realize that they're in business. And you wake up one day and you've gotten a, a number of customers who have decided that you don't suck and that you can get stuff to them and they're comfortable with you. Yep. And all of a sudden you have a business on your hands. And you know, I, I know so many people who they never really get down to the business of their business plan until they've been in business for a lot of years. Yeah, it's true. And, and here's where the problem uh, presents itself when you do that. When you have customers of all different shapes and sizes and from different walks of life and from different markets and from different backgrounds that have chosen you for one reason or another, and you decide, okay, I'm in business now mm-hmm. and I need to decide what my why is, but I need customers. And so right. if, I, if I decide against some of these people who are giving me money, does that mean the end of my business? Does that mean I'm going to have to work even harder to get more customers because I've decided that some of the people that I'm doing business with now aren't the right fit for me? Like there's, there's so much of that that goes on. If it were me, I would at least start taking a look and trying to decide if there was anything that I could draw from the global pool of people that are doing business with me that is a universal whatever it is, if it's yeah. because they like yeah. blonde hair, blue eyed people from Minnesota, fine. If, if you are a customer who likes blonde hair, blue eyed people from Minnesota, I am the person for, for you. Right. Like, <laughs> but getting to that point can be a little bit of a, a scary leap for people. Don't you think Jay? Oh, I totally agree with you. And that's, I think it's a reality. Like just what you said, you might, you might've already been in business for two or three years and you haven't really spent the time on this. You've just been trying to make it. And I get that. And that's what makes it messy. And that's what makes it uncomfortable. And that's what brought this to my attention was I would see people in their fourth year and their fifth year and their sixth year. They're still there. They're still making some money. They still enjoy what they do, but they're kind of like, they're not focused and, and they're, and they're missing out on much bigger slice of the pie. So I totally, I totally get what you're saying. And that's what led me to try to solve some of this. And, and I don't know if I solved it yet or not. And maybe it's just, uh, you know, the ramblings of, of myself, but I started to kind of try to create a working document, something that would be um, a guide, a, 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 some steps, a, a worksheet. And here's why, here's why. And you just touched on it. So if, if, if I was trying to, if I decided, you know what, I need, I need to hire a business coach. I need to hire a, a consultant who's going to help me get through this. I, I mean, I've gotten myself to this point, but that's just on a little bit of luck and persistence and just grinding it out. And, and because I followed through and people trust me and I deliver on time, I've gotten myself to this point. But how am I going to get to that next level if that's what I really want to do? And so a lot of people would turn to a business coach, turn to a consultant. And guess what? One of the first questions they would ask you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this and I've hired a few 
they would say inside that first hour, so Roger, where's your business plan? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They would. And, 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 and same thing. If I, let's say, let's say I'm trying to hire a, 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 a controller or, a, or somebody that's going to help me with my finances, a CPA, what would they ask? They would say, well, Roger, let's take a look at your balance sheets. Right. Show me your income statement. And let's, let's dig in on these cash flow statements. And you'd be like, uh okay and you and you probably have them you might not be you might be a little you know embarrassed or they're not up to date or they're from you know three quarters ago but my point is well if you were going to hire a branding expert and you were going to hire somebody that was like you know the guy what would the branding guy say what would he or she ask they would probably say something like well, Roger, show me what your style guide looks like. Where's your branding guide? Where, where are the, where's this document that's going to, that's going to show me kind of the sum total of what you've done at this point. And, yeah. and that's what got me going on this whole concept. And, and I think what you and I both know is, you know, it doesn't really matter what you call it. It's just kind of, you've got to have that. You, you, you realize somewhere between your third and fifth year in business, you're like, damn, I'm all over the place. I'm a mess. Uh, there's no consistency. My business cards don't look like what I've got online. What I'm sending out via email and MailChimp is totally different from all three of those. Uh, my, you know, my colors are off. I don't even know if my customers care. Right. <laughs> I've put I've put hundreds of dollars into this logo and nobody remembers me. So, yeah. worse yet, I, I think if you if you don't bring some cohesion to all of that, you look like you're a spammer, yeah. or that you're 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 a fisher, or you're you know danger. Will Robinson, this does not look like the kind of brand that I would want to be doing business with. What is going on here? Yeah, you you like you had said, you 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 pop up for air three years later, and you're like, where am I? What is this? <laughs> exactly. So to that to that point, once we have that why. And then we can start to, to, to work on some of those things. And, and I, I think it's important that wherever you go, you can go online. There's lots of great books that have been written about stuff like this, but figuring out that style guide, you know, and, and putting those parts and pieces, like we had talked about earlier together, you know, put, put that together. What does that look like? So in your mind, what would be some of the elements that you think would go into that document for someone who's trying to give this a start? Oh my gosh. So I would, I would go kind of in order and I already hit on step one. Like, let's say we've defined the why we have a good vision for why you started this business and who you are and what makes you uniquely qualified. And we we get your vibe and you're inspiring and there's your story. And now I got it. I I think there's also one step before we go into the visuals. Step two is kind of that, um, uh, personality, let's call it personality. Some people would say your voice or your mood or your brand or your company's um, characteristics. But savvy marketers know that a business has a mood. They have this, this vibe, right? And, and it's an overall characteristic of the company. So all of us have seen boring companies before, right? Stodgy, stiff, you know, not very interesting. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of ho-hum. Here comes another mortgage broker. Woo. Yeah. Um, I, I have all of these things because I've been told I need to have all of these things, but none of these things look or sound anything like who I really am. Exactly. Nailed it. So I think it's important to spend a little bit of time before we go into those visuals. It's kind of that creating that, um, narrowing down that, that personality. And so for example, like 
would you and your company be considered more playful and lighthearted versus serious and sober? Right. Now, not what you think you should be doing. Right. Not, 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 well, if, if, if I say I'm sober and serious, nobody, nobody's going to want to do this. Not necessarily you as a person, you and your culture, your company, are you more economical and affordable or are you kind of seen in and feel the, the, the luxury vibe? Are yep. you, are you classic and vintage or are you more modern and contemporary? So we could go down a few, a few more of these and I won't, but for the purposes of how is your business, is it playful? Is it serious? Is it classic? Is it contemporary? And kind of find that mood. And you might have to ask a few people, you might have to ask you know, others, because you'll have a sense of it, but you do need kind of a few people from the outside looking in to help you. But the more important thing is, is that you land on something and Oh, by the way, it will evolve. So don't flip out. If when you're young and energetic and you're all, I'm so playful. Look at me. I cruise around on a scooter from my, you know, well, well, in my case, it wouldn't be cool because it'd be through my living room into my office. Yeah, it wouldn't be a fun ride. If you're cynical, if you you have a bunch of like sarcastic, cynical people and you want to come off as being like soft and cuddly, it's not going to work. It's really, really important to have. And, and, you know, like I think of Dick's last resort, the restaurant, right. right? Like, a lot of people would think like, oh my God, that's such an offensive brand. But people love that place. They love putting yes. on dumb hats and getting ridiculed by the waiters and waitresses. So, you know, it's just a matter of putting a stake in the ground and saying, this is, this is how I want people to per- perceive us. And it goes back to what you were saying about how, how do I make people feel? If I want to leave people with a laugh, then everything I'm doing should be reflective yeah. of the fact that I want to make people laugh. Right, 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 right. I totally agree with you. So we get those two things out of the way. Those are the kind of first parts or the pieces or the steps. Then I think you're ready to kind of take on what most people do first, and it's a mistake, is then they can go in and start creating some of the design elements. You know, d- designing is important, and 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 but in my world, a logo and all of these, these visual concepts, they really come third on the list. So it would be kind of a step three in that formula or, or the third ingredient if we're going to stick with our – with our uh, analogies here. So we don't, we don't, you know, think about this. Remember when people way, way, way back when, and, and I'm not a history buff, but we had family crests and coat of arms, right? And if you want to bring this a little, a little more current into the wild, wild west, I live in Arizona. So every now and then, believe it or not, we still see ranchers. They still raise livestock and guess what they still use? Brands, literally cattle brands. So we're familiar with this principle because it's a principle of visual literacy, meaning yep. When I see it, I get it. Right. And I, and I love that. And that's why creating a logo is so hard and creating something that aligns with your story and creating something that's visually also going to align with your personality. It's not easy. And so that's why I always think if you just go off and try to create something cool, that's a logo, you, you're going out of order in, in my book and my manual, which, you know, go for it. I'm not, I'm not, you know, who am I to say, but this is my experience. This is my opinion. And this is, this is what's brought me to this point. And then we start working on that. Like, do you want abstract symbols? Like, and you can think of it in this way, like three basics, just go off on lots of tangent here, but just keeping it kind of tight and easy. And for podcast listeners, three basic formulas, abstract symbols are like the Apple computer logo, logo types are more like a stylized rendition of your company's name. 
So a logo type would be like the Home Depot logo. It's pretty much just text, but it's stylized text. And then finally, a combination of those two, like think of the Mercedes-Benz logo. It has its own text, but it has its own symbol. So if, if, if you don't care, let a designer have at it. And please, by the way, use a professional even if you're in the graphic design space, I would still recommend that you get somebody else so that they're getting a fresh take. They have fresh eyes at this. Yeah. And they can say, oh, okay, here's your story. Here's your why. I know who you are. I know this guy. He's, he's kind of lighthearted, doesn't take himself too seriously, super focused in this area. You know, I get a visual for that and I can start to blend that in. Um, and, and start to tell that story visually. But I, and I know I already said this, Roger, so forgive me for repeating it, but it needs to be said. Just for a second, forget that your logo is yours and imagine that it's theirs. Yeah. Yeah. It's not for you. Well, and, and I, I want to touch on something that you said. Um, just, I think it's yeah. important. We, 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 because we're in the logo business, we're in love with logos yep. to reiterate your point. You can create an amazingly awesome, beautiful logo and have it be completely not in alignment with anything else that your company is about. Mm-hmm. And if you start with the logo and then realize that it's not in alignment, you're basically starting over. So I, I cannot uh, back up what you're saying enough when it comes to like the elements of what your brand is going to look like really can't come into focus until you know what your brand wants to say. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I like what you said. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now maybe we've gotten this together. We know the whys we've put in, we've put some thought into the elements. Once we've given ourselves like, okay, we've got a set of marching orders that we've established for ourselves from this guide. What, what should the guide govern? Oh yeah. Great, great questions. So we, we've already taken care of our, how many colors are in the logo? We've already taken care of, is it, you know, do we have a PMS version, an RGB version, the hex colors version? We've already figured out the typeface and we identified the name. We're going to, any supportive text, you know, we're going to need to, uh, to wrap up acceptable and unacceptable backgrounds and presentations. All of that's been identified. So, so as you have that, document, whatever you're going to call that style guide, branding guide, you have to plan this out. You have to say, okay, does this, this is how we're going to treat our online look and online meaning website, social media platforms. Do you have a YouTube channel? Do you have a Facebook platform? Do you, you know, but let's, let's just pretend across the board, anywhere that anyone can see you online or offline. So it governs your signage out front if you have one, it governs your business card, your email signature. It governs your letterhead. Um, if you use it, it governs your, um, as I already said, website, any, any, any outbound email that you do. If you participate at a trade show, any trade show signage, pop-ups, banners, um, it's across the board. If someone can see me offline or online, what does that look like? And that's what this branding guide governs. And it covers across the board and you really need to look at every little single thing, including, and I would include this, all of the touch points, because then I start getting into your voice and your tone and your language, literally. And so at touch points, I mean, when Roger answers the phone, what does that sound like? Right. And is that in alignment with the branding? Yep. So the touch points, how about packaging? When I deliver final goods and services, 
what is that touch point? How does that look? And is it a physical moment? And if it's literal physical product, is it in my own box? And is that box branded? Or did I just leave it blank? It's UPS brown and it's still got stickers from China on it. Or worse yet, it's a Gildan t-shirt yeah, box right, that right. the decorator Perfect. just repacked product in and sent yep. it out. And it's Stuck not even Gildan box, product, right? Yeah. And it's like, come on, you apparel geeks, you can do better than that. <laughs> you know? And that's where they're missing both A, a touch point, and B, their branding is off. Because why do you think, let me put it this way. Why do you think Gildan and Haynes are and on Sam, the outside of the box? Why right? are they put, why, yeah, why are they doing that? It's like, <laughs> duh. It's right in front of you. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know, that one's such a funny fix too, because all you really need to do is buy a big stamp and send it to your decorator and say, Hey man, I want you to use brown cardboard boxes, but I want you to stamp my stamp or the tape, right? The packing tape can be branded packing tape. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to go nuts into the cost of going to great expense to stay consistent on brand. There's ways to do it, but if you don't have a style guide or if you haven't given any consideration to that, then you haven't even thought about what the box looks like when it shows up at the end user. If you don't have the governing document, you don't give any consideration to the places that it might apply. And that's, that's really the genesis. And you just touched on it. And that's what got me to this point, which was to figure out a literal working document. Sometimes you don't, you forget about things and you may not have gotten it down in the first place, but then all of a sudden you're like, Oh crap, the packaging, like we got to go write something about the packaging now. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So it's, it's living, breathing document and, and it's going to evolve and you should take it out more than once a year and you should sit down and say, boom, this, this is our style. This is our brand. This, until further notice, guidelines, this is a good word, of, of what we're supposed to look like, who we're supposed to be, what our why is, what our purpose is, and then how does this carry through on all of our visuals, on all of our printed materials, on all of our digital marketing? Is this, is this in unison? Is this in alignment? And I think that if you visit that on a consistent basis, then that recipe, since we were using that earlier, and those ingredients, they all come together. And you know what? Bam! It's a powerful brand that's aligned and consistent, and people don't have to try to solve the puzzle. They get it. And you know way better than I do, because we're gonna, I'm going to quote one of our, let's, let's say, influencers, Donald Miller, CEO of StoryBrand, author of Building a StoryBrand. The subtext of his book says, clarify your message so customers will listen. I mean... Dude, that is so damn genius. It's like, I'm so lucky that I could pick up a book for 20 bucks. And of course, he's not giving all of his secrets away. But how good was it? How sweet was it? And when he says, people don't buy the best products and services, they buy the ones that they can understand the fastest. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, And so if your brand is a dysfunctional mess, and you've got ingredients You've got dessert over here mixed with dinner over here mixed with French, Italian, and Mexican, and you're just, people don't get it. It's not good. And they don't have a good feeling. It doesn't taste good. This is, that's a little, uh, and you know, obviously how much I I believe in StoryBrand. I paid a lot of money to get certified in the methodology so that I could make sure that once I got inspired to do what I wanted to do, that I was going to be able to communicate it in a way that people could understand it very easily. And what, yeah. what all of us do is not simple. And our natural inclination is to try to explain everything. And in reality, they don't need an explanation. They just want to know what you do. 
And, yeah, if you can, yeah. and if you can make it clear to them what it is that is going to happen to them or for them when they do that with you, then that's when people have a tendency to line up. But Jay, what happens when you don't pay attention to this? What, what, what's the yeah. converse of it? When you, when you don't put any um, time, energy, or effort into what we're talking about, what is the consequence? Well, the first two things that come to my mind, that's, it's an awesome question. So let's, let's put a little fear into this conversation, yeah. right? Cause, cause truth is a lot of us are motivated by fear to move more than the incentive to move. So like we're, we're, we're worried about screwing it up and getting it wrong. So we're going to actually move faster. So the two things that came to my mind first, number one is if you haven't been an exhibitor in a trade show, in our industry, in any, in any side of our, in any one of the lanes, I think we have four lanes. I think we have promotional products. I think we have apparel. I think we have awards and recognition. And I think we have signage. So if you have those four lanes and you go to any industry trade show and on the exhibitor side, it's going to take you 20 minutes tops before you go, wow, how is that person even in business? (laughs) I'm not being critical or negative. I mean, you're literally shocked. You're literally like, okay. (laughs) You know, and, and, I, and I'm just saying this, I'm being real. I'm just being real with you. I, I, I don't know those people and it sounds very judgy, but if I'm an expert at branding and I'm there to try to help somebody succeed at some point, I go, dude, no, who's going to buy from that person? It, it becomes an extension of maybe this was, uh, you know, going way, way, way back. The genesis of why I felt so compelled to try to help people with their branding and to help people with this messaging and to get consistent. So to answer your question, the first thing is, if you don't do this well, okay, you're going to fall into the cliche traps. So the cliche traps is you look around and you're like, oh, okay, well, I just have to do what everyone else is doing. I, I, you know, And so you kind of start playing the copycat game. So it's a cliche in its copycat world. And it all ends up being this blah, right? This sea of sameness. And it's discouraging because it's the same thing when someone gives me their business card and they may or may not have a great logo, but you know, on the front they have their logo, they have their name, they have you know contact details, and flip over the card, and there's literally in like four point type of bullet points and a list of like thirty seven different products. <laughs> we, 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 we mugs, t-shirts, banners, posters, awards, incentives, keychains, pencils, pens, and you're just like, I'm so <laughs> over that, Roger. Yeah. I can't. I can't, I can't say it any other way. It's terrible. It's like, okay, so which one of these should I pick? Which one's going to solve my problem? You know, Oh, you're leaving that up to me. Uh, I'm going to go with whatever's cheapest. (laughs) Yeah. Lanyards. Why? Because I can get thousands of them for like 10 cents. Right. (laughs) So that, that cliche and that sameness and that sea of, you know, that you fall into that trap. So that, that's not awesome, but worse than that is the fact that savvy competitors are going to brand you. You're going to get labeled. You're going to get hammered by the ones that get this message and can just go, wow, that's a mess. And they'll point it out. They'll call it out. And so I don't want my competition to be branding me as dysfunctional, as a mess, as, hey, what does that guy even focus on anyway? Is he... he, uh, a uh, sign guy? Is he a promo peep? Is he an apparel geek? I can't tell. What's his specialty? What problems does he solve? 
He just slings stuff. He's going to order the same stuff from the rest of the wholesale blank providers or the rest of those wholesale suppliers. So yeah. what value did he bring or she bring? Yeah. So I think those are the two biggest pitfalls that you could fall into by not having all of this alignment figured out and the branding tight. And, and, and you, you know, you're, you're not making me feel great about it. You're not making a promise. You're not showing me your personality, your style. So why would I align myself with, with you when there are others that are doing it well, you know? Worse yet, you look so much like seven other people than I exactly any of those seven, and it won't make you're all the same. You're all the same. You are literally helping the commoditization and the race to the bottom when you don't stand out, when you don't tell me your why, when you don't have killer visuals that are on point. You're literally blending in with thousands of others that are just like, I can get this from anybody. I don't even need to talk to a human. I'll just go online. Yeah. What's the difference? A piece I wrote a little while ago uh, was this notion of being persuasive versus being compelling. If, mm, if, if, you're, cool. if your web presence isn't compelling, then you have to rely on persuasion to be successful. And persuasion is expensive. It costs margin. You can either put the effort into being compelling, which still is an investment. But what the return is on the investment in becoming compelling is you protect your margin because you're seen as an expert and people will tell experts everything they need to know in order for them to give you an expert opinion. When you're persuasive, what you've done is basically handed control of the transaction over to the person on the other side of the table and say, what does the persuasion have to look like in order for this to be over for both of us? And that's never a comfortable, never a comfortable scenario to be in. No, it's not. That is really cool. Man, I'm writing this down. Fortunately for me, I just finished my website. So I'm hoping (laughs) that I'm living up to uh, what we're talking about here. And maybe the listening audience. Remind remind everybody, and this is the truth. It's an evolved and evolving process. 100%. So where you were five months ago, you are no longer at that same crossroad. And so you have new perspectives. You have new insights. You have new feedback. You yeah. have made promises and, and fallen short, and you have made promises and exceeded. So you're learning through this process. And that's why it's so important to come back and visit, okay, what's my voice? What's my tone? What's my why? Is my theme on point? Did I use any iconography or symbols that people don't understand? Is that show on my website? Is my website fast or is it slow? You know, every touch point, you avoid, you know, there's things to avoid, but there's things to learn. So you're growing through this process. So I would say as we close up and Jay, thanks, man. I mean, but you tell me if I think I got it right. So let's just say I'm going to do an exercise. I'm going to send my URL to 10 people Mm -hmm. and I want to have them ask, answer three questions for me in the review. Can you tell what I do in eight seconds or less? Do you understand how to get a hold of me? And do you know what to expect if you decide to make that decision. And if the, and really to me, I don't care if it's clear or not clear. What I'm interested in is the feedback. Oh, hundred percent. And if, and if, and if I, like what I see is in this whole iterative process is you should continuously be doing that. And it doesn't have to be daily, weekly, but you know, once every two months, once every quarter, you send out your things to people who've not done this for you before and say like, is it clear? Does it make right. sense to you? Do yeah. you get it? Do you get a, a feel for my vibe? Like, can you feel my vibe on my website? Vibe. That's it. That's it right there is, is what's the feeling? What's the feeling? And somebody way smarter than me was faster to the, 
to the wit than I was, said, your vibe attracts your tribe. I don't know who said it first, but I totally 100% feel that that is true. That if you sent that to 10 people, there would be a certain vibe. They would have a feeling and they would say, I, I get this. I like this. I'm attracted to this. This has a good vibe. And you know what's funny is the better you do your branding, your that tribe finds you. It's a, it's a pull, not a push. They're attracted to you. They want to know more. They want to do business with you because they feel it's the right connection, not because you sell white sea handle mugs <laughs> and, and, and you can get a logo on one side or on the other side. <laughs> now, how much would you pay? <laughs> yeah. Do you want right. to, do you want to let my fun, my favorite question is, do you want a left handle or a right handle? It's, it's like, exactly. It doesn't matter. It's not about the mug. The mug <laughs> is the carrier. The mug is the vehicle. The uh, mug is what's going to help the touch point happen and make that exciting. And maybe it's not a mug and maybe it's a pot, you know, whatever you, you, you know where I'm going with that. But yeah, yeah I love your right. idea. And I think that's a great takeaway. And so Jay, here's what I'm going to do uh, as a, as a close to the episode Anyone listening that wants to see a copy of a style guide can email me, Roger, at socialgoodpromotions.com or Jay. Jay, what's your email address? jbussell at gmail.com. B-U-S-S-E-L-L-E. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes or somewhere. Yep. jbussell at gmail. And we've got lots of... Um, samples I, I i have mine for social good if anybody wants to see it like we're happy to to give people a rolling start on this if anyone is interesting to do it in doing it and jay man i can't Absolutely. i can't thank you enough for coming on the show man uh, buddy it was customers. my pleasure it was my privilege i loved it thank you so much for letting me talk about something that you know i'm passionate about i can't help myself i feel like i got more out of this than anybody so i <laughs> hope that the listeners feel like wow these guys know what they're talking about and this is going to help so if you take one thing and apply it i'll feel even better so there you have it. Jay really brought the goods just like I expected that he would. We called this one the business plan of branding. I hopefully uh, you get uh, understanding of exactly what that was supposed to mean. A couple things that I thought were really interesting is you got to find your lane, you got to understand how does it apply now and then how would it evolve. And then really your brand is not your logo. It's not what you do. It's how you make people feel and the promise that you make to them. It's all very good stuff. It's stuff you've probably heard before, but it's always good to be reminded. And you should definitely be working on your brand as often as you are working on some of the more foundational aspects of your business. It's important you do it. And I hope to see all of you out there showing off your style guides in the weeks and months to come. Please, by all means, subscribe, like us, share it around, let everybody else know in your social circle about So You're in Sales. We'll keep bringing you great guests and topics. Till next time, this is Roger signing out.